you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. burdened me or given me such an incredible word just to bring to every one of you tonight because I know Kelly and I are going through something right now with her mother's situation with sickness in her body and and just cancer and the reports of the doctor and Kelly and I are carrying a burden if you want to say it in that way and it's not that we're not trusting God because we are but it's still in your heart it's still in your mind and you're always thinking about it and you yes you're trusting God but the enemy wants to throw things and I understand tonight that there are many like us that are carrying burdens, that are facing circumstances and situations. And I really believe that God has given me tonight a word of encouragement to every one of you. I want to talk tonight about having the faith to hold on. Having the faith to hold on, to not quit, to not bow down, to not surrender any ground back to Satan, but to have the faith not to not only hold on, but to take the devil's territory back from him. I want to talk about living a life that is so faithful, that refuses to let go, but no matter what, keeps trusting God and keeps believing that God is able to meet every need. Many, if not all of us tonight, have promises that God has given us. We thank God for the promise of His Word. Doug talked about the Word of God. That's a promise and promises. It's full of promises. We could, we could talk tonight on, and we could probably quote hundreds of promises right now if we were to go through here. Promises from the Word of God. One of my favorite promises from the Word of God is, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. And I'm sure every one of us has got incredible promises. So we've got the promises of God's Word, which are real. But then there's also promises and dreams that God has given to each one of us. Some of us are carrying a dream and have been carrying it for years and years. And I really believe that for those who haven't seen their dreams come to pass, it's not time to lose faith, but it's time to hold on in a greater way. And start believing God for the breakfast. Maybe it's a healing in your body that you've been promised and you're holding on to the promise of God's word that he says, I'm the Lord that healeth thee. Maybe that's the promise. And yet the reports from the doctors are saying, oh, it's not too good. What are you going to believe? I'm going to hold on to the promises of God. I've got to make a determination in my heart and in my life. Is it easy? No. It's not easy when those things are staring you down. They're looking you right in the eye. But yet we've got to have the faith to keep holding on. It's time to hold on to those dreams. I look and I think of Kayla and Jimmy with their situation with Carson. 
It's time to hold on like never before, believing for miracles. We've already seen miracles in that situation. And the God who began is going to be faithful to complete. How many believes that? I look around and see all the miracles. I know some are still holding on for miracles. I've come to encourage you tonight to hold on, not to give up, but to trust God. Just last Thursday, I was reading from 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I want to read from this tonight a few verses. And it, it, was, it really jumped out to me as I read this passage of Scripture. And we're going to read the first four verses of 2 Corinthians chapter 11. And I was really challenged when I began to read this. And I asked myself the question, what does faithfulness really mean? What does faithfulness really mean? Has anyone got a definition tonight they could just throw out of what you think faithfulness is? Come on, we're not asking for the Webster's definition. What your definition would be great. Come on, who's got a definition of faithfulness tonight? Anyone, Mr. Dan? Being there. Being there. That's a good one, isn't it? Being there, being faithful. When you say you're going to be there, you're there, Tanja. Cool. Trusting in God, no matter what the enemy brings at you, that you're going to keep believing God, that no matter what, God's going to come through. Abraham? Uh, never giving up. Never giving up. Anyone else got a definition of faithfulness? Trey, shout it out. Uh, not just having faith, but living faith. Cool. Not just having faith, but living it. Edward, shout it out for me, buddy. Trusting. Being trustworthy. Faithful. Keeping your word. Being loyal. So many great things about what does it mean to be faithful. When we're talking about having faithfulness in our lives, that we're not going to quit and give up, are we being loyal? Are we being there? Are we trusting? Are we not doubting? All these things because it's so important that we do that in our lives. Because faithfulness, being faithful means living a life full of faith. Faithful, having faith, full, alive, living inside of us. So let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, beginning. It says, Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you would bear with me. At first you would look at that verse and you kind of think, that's kind of a strange. Oh, that you would bear with me in a little folly, and indeed you would bear with me. So at first glance, that verse can perhaps be confusing. But let me explain it to you. What Paul is basically saying is this. He's asking the Corinthians to bear with him when he talks like a fool. And when he means when he talks like a fool, he's not talking about when he acts ignorant or dumb. That's not the kind of foolishness that he's talking about. But rather, he is saying, will you just bear with me because I kind of feel foolish about what I'm going to say. And what he was saying was, you would read it later, and we're not going to go there, but in verse 16 through 21, you see that Paul lists down his credentials about who he was and who he is. So he's saying to him, I'm kind of a little bit embarrassed, but will you just bear with me? But he was showing them his credentials for what reason? To expose the false teachers or people who were exposing or teaching the wrong things. So he's doing it to silence the false teachers and those who have come to deceive the people of God. Let's read on, verse 2. He says, For I am jealous for you with godly jealousy. 
For I have betrothed you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. New Living Translation says, For I have promised you as a pure bride to one husband. So he's saying, would you bear with me a little bit, because I'm kind of feeling foolish about kind of throwing out my credentials, but, you know, I just want you to know that I'm the real deal. They're not. But then he goes on to use an analogy of a husband and wife showing this. He says, I'm jealous for you that you would be loyal, that you would be faithful, that you would be committed to one wife. He was using the example of marriage to show how the church's love should be for Christ and Christ alone. My God, help us. How many times are we committing adultery with the world? He's using this analogy to show us that our love needs to be pure. Just as pure as a bride saves her love for one man only. And he's saying that must be our position in Christ. Come on, if we're going to be faithful, he needs to be our number one. He needs to be our everything. Come on, say with me, faithful. Faithful. Verse 3, but I fear. So he's afraid. Why is he afraid? He's afraid lest somehow, as the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupt from the simplicity that is in Christ. New Living Translation says, I'm I'm afraid that somehow you will be led away from your pure and simple devotion to Christ. Verse 4, for he who comes preaches another Jesus whom we have not preached. Or if you receive a different spirit which, which you have not received or a different gospel which you have not accepted, you may well put up with it. In other words, Paul is telling them, be careful what you believe as the truth because so many times you can believe what is a truth which is really a lie. You can believe as true that which is really a lie. Say with me, faithful. Faithful. In my Bible, this passage of Scripture is labeled as concern for their faithfulness. Paul is concerned for their faithfulness. And I must admit, I like Paul tonight. I'm concerned because I see so many people giving up playing the best of both worlds, trying to live in both camps. And how we've said it so many times before, trying to live like hell and expect the rewards of heaven. It doesn't work like that. Now we know if we were to read through this passage, and Paul says it, that he is really dealing with false teachers. He's saying to them, just bear with me a little bit. He uses the analogy of a husband and wife together, committed, faithful, Then he goes on to talk about, I'm really concerned because of people coming who are preaching another Jesus and saying things and bright lights and wooing people and fascinating people and coming with all these great things and that people are falling for it when it's not really God and it's not really the truth. We're living in an age today where the struggle to keep Christ First in our lives is probably greater than ever before. Let me say that one more time. 
We are living in an age and a time where the struggle to keep Christ as first in our lives is probably greater of a struggle than ever before. Our faithfulness is under attack. Life is difficult when we have so many distractions threatening to sidetrack our faith. All these things are bombarding us to try and steal away our faithfulness, to try and steal away our fact of we believe in God no matter what. You know, Kelly's mom, Kelly and I have been really praying for her mother. Those of you who don't know, three weeks ago, Kelly's mother was rushed into hospital. Her left lung collapsed. Upon further inspection or testing, they found that there was a mass that was right where the lungs separated, that was restricting completely the left lung, and the right lung was 95% restricted, that she could hardly even breathe. They took her straight away for radiation treatment. They're doing internal radiation and external to try and shrimp that tumor. The doctor came in and said to Kelly and her sister, and I was there, well, you know your mother has lung cancer and she probably doesn't have more than a year to live. Had no bedside manner, poor guy. But anyway, in the course of all of this last few weeks, she had a, is it a PET scan, they call it, on Friday, where they take that radioactive kind of material and it goes through your whole body and they did a search. But when they looked, they found that the cancer was contained in the lungs. However, they still looked and said to Kelly's mother, you've got six months to maybe a year to live. And with chemo treatment, you're maybe going to extend your life by three months. Now you can imagine, because we've been talking to our mother and we've been praying a lot, and long and hard for her family to all get saved. And when this circumstance, not that you wish this upon anyone, but we looked at this as the great opportunity for God to get the glory. And that's what we've been praying, that God would get undeniable, there would be an undeniable miracle, that no matter what someone says, God would have to get the glory from it. And we would, we've been praying that. So, you know, to hear the news on Friday that they're still saying these kind of things, it kind of knocks you back a little bit. But, you know, I've just been encouraging Kelly and, and believe. But, you know, it's been amazing that Kelly's mom turned around and talked to Kelly and said, you know what, Kelly, I'm choosing not to believe the doctors. But she said, I'm choosing to believe that Philip's going to get his miracle. And she also threw in there too, and that Jimmy, because Jimmy shared something that Kelly shared with her mother, that when we prayed that Sunday over that prayer cloth, Jimmy said he felt something. I told Kelly's mum that, and she still talks about Jimmy. And uh, Philip and Jimmy are going to get their miracle, is what she said to Kelly. But you see, here's the thing. We can choose to believe the lie, or we can choose to hold on to God. You see, I'm preaching a message to you tonight that we're in. I'm preaching a message tonight that we're in the middle of. But you know what? It may not be cancer to you. It may be finance. It may be sickness. It may be a lost child. It may be just direction. It may be, there's so many things. You're in the middle of it tonight. And the bombarding or the the reports all around you are screaming different to what you really believe in your heart. But you see, the challenge tonight is, are we going to choose to follow another Jesus? Are we going to follow another spirit that's not of God? Or are we going to trust in the Holy Spirit and in the power of God? So really, there's two questions that we must ask ourselves. Question number one. Is there anything that weakens 
my commitment to keep Christ first in my life. Later on in Corinthians chapter 11, or we read of, or in 1 Corinthians it is, isn't it, when the Lord's table, and it says, let a man examine himself. It's good to examine yourself. Because one day we're going to be examined by God, and by that time it's not going to be time for us to do any examination of ourselves. But is there anything that weakens my commitment to Christ? Is there anything that is allowing my walk with God not to be strengthened? You've got to ask yourself that. Because we serve a jealous God. A God that wants every part of us. For what reason? Because he knows the results that it will bring into our lives. Second question to ask ourselves is this. How can I minimize the distractions that threaten my devotion to him? How can I minimize the distractions that threaten my devotion to him? One of the good things to do would be to not take your cell phone when you go and pray. I like to take a note and a a piece of paper and a pen when I pray because my mind, you've heard me say this so many times, when I get alone and stop, my mind never stops. I don't think my mind ever stops. My mind goes all the time. But when I sit quiet and try to pray, everything that I need to do for the next three weeks and the next year comes into my mind and just clouds my view. So what I do, I write it down so then I can move on and keep praying. Sometimes I can fill out a lot of pieces of paper. But I do that. Why? Because I've got to minimize the distractions. We can turn around and say, you know what, God, I, I want to hold on. and I want." But what are we doing to minimize the distractions that are what doing? They're hindering us from the promise and the dreams that God has given to us. We've got to have faithfulness to hold on no matter what. Think about Joseph. Joseph didn't ask for a dream. He didn't wake up one day and say, man, it would be really good, God, if you gave me a dream. I'd love to be the prime minister one day. I would love to be in a position of authority. I'd love my family to all bow down and worship me. Joseph didn't ask for that. The Bible speaks about Joseph, I believe, just being faithful in what he did. How do we know this? Because he was his father's favorite child. There was something about him that was special in his life. To be the favorite, you had to be behaved. You had to be mannerable. Come on. You had to have all the goods in order to be the favorite. So he was a faithful guy from the beginning. But one day he has a dream that he did not ask for. God gave him a dream. A dream that made him hated by his brothers and misunderstood by his dad wasn't good. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Joseph probably said, God, why ever did you give me that dream? Because life was great. Now you've caused problems for me. Have you ever felt that perhaps God messed up your life by giving you a dream that you were so comfortable where you're at and just leave me where I'm at, God. And all of a sudden, because of the dream that God gives you, you kind of feel that you're a threat to other people and they feel threatened by you and they kind of lock down on you a little bit. So because of his dream, when they saw him one day, they planned to kill him. But in the last minute, they sold him as a slave. But if you were to read the story of Joseph, you would discover this, that no matter what and no matter where, he held on to his promise. You see, I've come to tell you today that no matter how hard it gets, you may find yourself in a pit, Joseph did. But God lifted him out of that pit. 
But then he found himself in a prison. But God took him out of a prison. And God put him in to a palace. You see, but wherever Joseph was, he was faithful. How many times do we turn around and start blaming God, get angry at God, point the finger and say, God, why are you doing this into my life? I think always in my life, I've learned this the hard way. But what I've discovered is this. It's not for me to ask why God, but what God. It's a big difference. I'm not questioning God, but yet I'm asking God, what are you trying to do in me? Because through the pits and through the prisons, God wants to erase areas of my life. He wants to get out areas of doubt. Why? Because when I'm in the palace, when I'm in that place of destiny that God has for me, how many knows I've got to be ready and prepared? We don't like where we're at. David, did you like the wilderness alone with a bunch of stinking sheep? No, but it was in the wilderness that God taught him how to use a slingshot that one day he would bring down a giant. Oh, but if only I could get this breakthrough, if only I could get this. Listen, you keep holding on and you keep believing God, but don't minimize the place where you're at right now because today is the training ground for great things in your life for tomorrow. I've come to encourage you tonight, don't let go of your dreams. Don't let go of your promise. Don't allow Satan to tell you, oh, that's foolishness. Oh, that's just a lie. Don't allow Satan to steal your dream. Have the faithfulness to keep holding. I don't know how it's going to happen. I don't know when it's going to happen. But if God said it, I believe it's going to happen. I don't know how. This is our slogan for this year. I don't know how, but I know he can. And I know he will. I was talking to someone on Monday. They called me up. We were in one of the chapels. And they called me up and I left the chapel, the assembly rather, and went outside and someone was calling me up and they were struggling in their life. They told me, you know, I'm, I'm in that place. I'm tired. I just don't even want to live anymore. Such an awful thing when someone tells you, can I come and see you? Because I don't want to live anymore and you're already booked up for the whole day and you can't get out of it. You know, that's an awful feeling when someone's life is in the balance. And it's not like I'm out on the golf course just playing around. I mean, we were going from chapel to chapel or assembly to assembly. We had the whole day. It was just packed, packed. I started talking to that person. I said, well, why is it? What, what's going on? You've got great purpose. And I started speaking life into their life. But you know what they said to me? I can't see it. I can't see it. I can't see the purpose. I can't see the purpose. And you know what I told them? Just because you cannot see it doesn't mean it's not there. Just because you don't see, just because you don't understand where you're at right now doesn't mean that God is still not in control. Do I hear an amen? 
just because you think things should be greater or better than where you're at. And if God really loves me, that's what I heard Monday. And I've heard that so many times. If God really loves me, then why am I going through this? Why the struggles? Why the hardships? We're going to realize why from God's word in a few moments. So hold that thought. But can I tell you, God's not punishing you. God's refining you. God's perfecting you. God's doing something inside of you. God's saying, don't give up. You've got to be faithful to hold on. Don't give up on your dreams. You've got to be faithful to hold on. Don't give up on what God has called your life to be. Hold on with everything that you have. Stephen, come up here with me, can you? Stephen, you got a promise that God has given you in your life? This towel is that promise. Now what I want you to do is I want you to hold on to your promise with everything you've got. Because you know what happens in life? Things begin to come. And when you're not expecting it and you can think, oh, you know, you can lose. All of a sudden, those things become. But what happens? Those things begin to walk you around. But what do you do? You keep holding on to that promise. And you keep trusting God. Okay. Why'd you let go? Why'd you let go? You got to watch because the enemy's subtle and the enemy wants to take it from you. But no matter what, I'm telling you, you need to say, Devil, you're not going to take my family. You're not going to take my finances. You're not going to take my future. No matter what the devil said, I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on. I'm going to hold on to those things. All it took was an okay and a wink. And he lets go. He thinks the illustration or the things of life are over. How easy is it with Satan for us to just get distracted and think, oh, I can just rest. But at that time, we're perhaps near our breakthrough and we let go. Listen to this. If you don't hear anything else I'm saying tonight, this is a good thing to go home with. How often do we allow our moment To determine our future. Instead of our God. Who created the heavens and the earth. What are you talking about the moment? Come on, we know the moment. We know the moment where we feel it's total despair. That there's no way out. That this is it. I mean, there's no way we can move. We can... How often do we allow our moment... To begin to determine our future... I can't do it anymore. I'm just going to let go. Oh, God knows. God understands. How often do we allow our moment to determine our future instead of the God who didn't even have to get his hands dirty till he made man, but he opened his mouth and light and darkness separated. Mountains and oceans appeared. Trees sprang forth. Birds of the air flocked into the skies. That same God is the one that's promised you your dream, your future, the plan he has. Hold on. Come on, turn to your neighbor and say, hold on. Come on, you may not know what that person's going through tonight. Look them square in the eyes and say, hold on. Don't give up. Don't give up. 
I want to give you some scriptures from God's words. Take your pen and a piece of paper, and please. I just really can't encourage you enough to take notes in church. It's really important. I always, every time a preacher preaches, I'm always taking notes. And you don't know how many times I've gone back to those notes and I've read through them and how they've touched my life. But I want to give you some truth tonight to help you to be faithful to your dream. To hold on, to not quit and not let go. Let's start in Psalms 138 and verse 8. I love this verse. Psalms 138 and verse 8. It says, the Lord will perfect. Say with me, complete. That's what it means, to perfect. The Lord will complete that which concerns me. Come on, anyone got any concerns in the house? Come on, concern. God, where are There's just concern. The Lord will complete. He'll perfect. He'll take care of everything which concerns me. Your mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Do not forsake the works of your hand. You know what that verse is telling me there? That I'm made by God. Do you see that? I'm made for a purpose. Why? Because... God says, I will not forsake, or do not, the cry is, do not forsake the work of your, capital Y. Speaking about God's hands. I'm made and created from God. Come on, I wasn't made to fail, but I was made to succeed. Come on, God's going to take care of my concerns, my fears, the things I'm going through. You know what the Message Bible says of this verse? I love it. It says, God, finish What you started in me, God. Your love is eternal. Don't quit on me now. You think God's going to quit on you? Come on, I said, do you think God's going to quit on you? You think God's going to let go of his end of the towel? You think God's going to let go of his end of the promise? Come on, he's going to be faithful. Philippians 1 verse 6, being confident of this very thing. What thing? That promise, that dream, that which you are holding on to. That he who began a good work in you will he'll finish it. He'll finish it. He'll complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. 2 Corinthians 1 verse 20. For all the promises of God in Him are yes. And in Him, amen. To the glory of God through us. God's promise is yes. God's promises, amen. Come on, I'm coming to stir your heart today, to encourage you. Whatever God has given you, come on, you've got to be faithful to hold on. Don't let go of it because every promise of God is yes. And every promise is God's, is amen. To the glory of God. You know, ever since we found out Kelly's mom has got cancer, something dropped into my spirit and said, God's going to get the glory through this. God's going to get the glory. So every time the news comes, I remind myself and Kelly, God's going to get the glory from this. God's going to get the glory from this. Incidentally, the tumour has shrunk now so much that it's not even over the right lung anymore. And the left lung is only about 50% covered that the doctor was able to go in and inflate that lung that was collapsed. But yet the doctors are still saying, you haven't got long to live. God's going to get the glory. God's going to get the glory. God's going to get the glory. 
faithfulness to hold on. Listen to this, Numbers 23, verse 19 and 20. Are you ready for this one? I love it. God is not a man that he should lie. Man, you should be screaming and shouting right there. Come on, he's not a man. He's not just some Joe Bloggs that has a street address and an email address. Come on, he's not just a man. He is God. He is the creator of the heavens of the earth. God is not a man that he should lie, nor a son of man that he should repent. Has he said and will he not do? Or has he spoken and will he not make it good? Verse 20, behold, I have received a commandment to bless. Come on, say I'm blessed. Come on, say it right now. Come on, I'm blessed. Come on, when God's given you a promise and you're a child of the king, you're blessed of God. No devil in hell has the power to reverse that blessing. Come on, they can't put a curse upon you when you're a child of God. Come on, we know the blessing. You'll be blessed in the city. You'll be blessed in the field. You'll be blessed when you come and you go. Behold, I've received a commandment to bless and he has blessed. And Balaam stood up and said, what God has touched and placed his hand upon, I cannot reverse it. I cannot come against it. Why should we hold on? Because God has spoken. God has blessed. And what God has blessed, the only way it won't come into being is if you let go and don't trust God. Come on, are you weary tonight? Are you worn down? Come on, the only thing that can stop the blessing of God is our inability to believe. And for us to not remain faithful. Come on, I want to give you a few more scriptures today. This one we could have probably done without, but I'm telling you, it's one we need to know. James 1 verse 2 through 4. My brethren, count it all joy. Remember I said to you, why do I have to go through those things if God really loves me? If God loves me, why can't he take me through these? Well, here's our answer right here. Count it all joy when you fall into various trials, hardships, struggles that at times seem too much to bear. Why? I like what John said on Sunday. You've got to begin to see th- beyond the giant and you've got to start seeing the big picture. Come on. We've got to see beyond the obstacles that are facing us and see the big picture. Verse 3. Knowing. Say that with me, knowing. Knowing. Count it all joys when you fall into various trials. Knowing, trusting, remaining faithful. No matter what the devil says, be there. Come on, not only just in your life, but in the way you live. Come on, all the examples that we gave. Knowing. Knowing what? That the testing of my faith is producing something. You mean the hardships and the trials I'm going through, God's using, you better believe it. God's using them to perfect you. God's using those to produce. Notice what he's producing, the word in the New King James is patience. That's a curse word to us many times, isn't it? God's saying, will you just be patient? The trials and the tribulation, God, just get me out, I can't take this. God's saying, I'm producing patience in you. Patience, that word can be defined also as endurance or perseverance. Isn't it amazing? I wrote down this thought. Isn't it amazing when we think we cannot hold on any longer that God is using those times to build resolve in our lives? In our weaknesses, God says, I'll be strong. 
So what does that mean? In my strength, there's no room for God. Sometimes we have to be brought low so God can lift us up. Sometimes we need to go through the struggles and the trials. What did David say? Yea, though I walk through the valley. Come on, it's a through walk. We've got to remind ourselves of that. But you know what? What does he say? You're there with me. Come on, God will never leave you. He'll never forsake you. He's right there. Verse 4, but let patience. That means it may not happen when I'm, and how I think it should. Come on, you've got to hear that tonight. But let patience, let God's timing Let God's will be done in your life. That's what it's saying right there. I don't want my will in my life. I want God's will to be done. But let patience have its perfect work. That you may be perfect or mature and complete. Oh, I love it. Lacking nothing. It's amazing, isn't it? What threatens or makes me feel like it's going to destroy and break me, God says, will cause growth and blessing in my life. God's saying, I cannot question. I've just got to endure. Hold on. Trust. Be faithful. And the last scripture before I close tonight, Ephesians 5, verse 15. The Bible says, so see then that you walk circumspectly. I love that word, circumspectly. Notice it doesn't say, see that you sit or stand circumspectly. But notice it says, see that you walk. That means just to keep on going. You may not know how, you may not know if you can make it, but the Bible says keep trusting, keep walking, no matter what. Walk circumspectly, that means carefully, not as a fool, but as a wise. Or not as fools, but as wise. What did Jesus say that separated the foolish from the wise? What was it Jesus said that separated those who were foolish from those who were wise? He said, don't be a hearer only, but be a doer as we build our lives upon the sure foundation of Jesus Christ. What does the Bible say? I've got to walk circumspectly. I've got to walk through life carefully. But what? Not as a fool. What does a fool do? He hears it but doesn't believe it. He hears it but doesn't follow it. He hears it but doesn't put it to action in his life. The Bible says let's walk carefully through life because there's hardships and there's trials and Satan's out there to try and steal away from us. He's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But God says let's walk through life as wise. Wise men, what? Hearing the word, but doing it, believing it, living it, building our lives upon it, trusting in God no matter what, holding on that he's going to do it. We must have the faithfulness to hold on, to trust God. Don't let go. First Thessalonians 5 verse 21, test all things, hold fast, hold fast to what is good. You know what good is? God. God is good. I said God is good. So I test all things. I prove all things. And I hold on to God. And I trust Him. Don't be denied. Don't give up. Keep being faithful and trust God. Come on tonight. What has God promised you? What is it tonight that you're tired and you're weary? You're spent. It's almost like you can't take any more. You're mad at God maybe. Questioning Him. 
What is it tonight? It's time to hold on. No matter what. Don't let go of your dreams. Don't let go of your dreams. Hold on. Because Satan wants to be a dream taker. Where God wants to be a dream maker. Let God be God. I don't always understand. God, why couldn't that PET scan come back and the body was free of cancer? I don't understand. But I'm going to hold on. Why is my family not saved yet? Why am I still battling with things in my life? I don't know. But keep holding on. Keep trusting God. Let Him produce inside of you something that will give you such a resolve that no matter what, I like what John said Sunday morning, we need that gift of faith in our lives that no matter what, we won't give up. We won't give up. We won't give up. But we'll keep trusting and believing God. Come on, if there's something in your life that you're holding on and your, your grip is getting weak and you're feeling tired tonight, Come on, if you want fresh release in your life tonight, I want you to stand to your feet and lift your hands up to heaven. Come on, you're tired, you're weary, but you're not going to let go. Come on, you're going to grab a hold with everything you've got. Come on, right now, clinch those fists like you're grabbing a hold of something. Come on, grab a hold of your healing tonight. Come on, grab a hold of that salvation for your family tonight. Grab a hold of addictions that have been holding you down or holding loved ones down. Grab a hold of freedom and liberty tonight. Grab a hold of financial miracles. Grab a hold of breakthroughs tonight. Come on, grab a hold of the promises of God once again. Don't let go. Satan, you've robbed me for the last time. You tried to steal my joy for the last time. I'm trusting in God that no matter what, I'm counting it all joy. Why? Because God, you are going to be faithful to complete that which you began inside of me. God, I'm holding on. Lord Jesus, right now, I pray for everyone in this place. I pray right now a resolve that would come into our hearts and lives. No matter the reports we may get, no matter the fact that we may lose our job tomorrow, no matter what may take place in our lives, we're going to keep holding on. We're going to keep trusting and believing that God, you are with us. That God, you are going to bring us through. Like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego, we may find ourselves in the middle of the fire, but the only thing the fire does is set us free because the only things that burned up was the ropes that held them bound. And God, you're going to set us free. We may be in the fire, but the fire is going to liberate us. It's going to promote us. It's going to bless us. And we're going to walk out of that place with not even a hair on our head singed and not even a smell of smoke upon. God, that's a miracle. Because God, you're a miracle worker. Come on, just begin to thank God for that miracle right now. Come on, just begin to thank Him for that promise. Come on, I'm holding on. I'm trusting you, God. No matter what. No matter what. We used to sing a song years ago that went like this. Don't give up. You're on the brink of a miracle. Don't give up. God is still on the throne. Don't give up. You're on the brink of your miracle. Just remember. That you're not alone.
God, we thank you that you're there with us, that you're there to bring us through. God, I pray tonight that people in this house would receive this word of encouragement from you, this shot of faith, God, tonight into our systems, into our bodies that would cause us once again to leave here with our heads up high, with hope once again in our heart, with faith to see the promises and the blessings, God, that you have each, for each one of us. They're not things of the past. They're things of the present and of the future. And God, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.